Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I am a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Today's episode is a mini-sode that we call Fried Dates with the Wife. In these mini-sodes, my wife Kim and I deconstruct the strategies that we've developed over the last decade to not only grow personally, but to turn our struggles into lessons and create fulfillment in all areas of our lives. Excuses are over. It's time to live. Let's dig into today's topic. All right, before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to be considered for my Work Hard, Play Hard Mastermind by completing an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. So this mastermind is not like any mastermind you may have been to or heard of, I promise you. This mastermind is for six to seven figure entrepreneurs that are working too damn much and aren't taking the time to have amazing experiences around the world with an incredible tribe of people. So every 100 days or so, I drop you into new experiences that are specifically designed to elevate your thinking, to give you new ideas. Look, you get your best ideas not staring at a computer. And actually, this is the way high-level people really collaborate with each other. They do it over a glass of champagne, watching the sunset in the south of France. So if you are ready to do some fun stuff around the world and really, really want to level up your tribe in one shot, fill out an application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com. We'll jump on a call and we'll see if it's a good fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Kimberly Garage Sale Murgatroyd. I didn't know you had this in you. Well, I mean, listen. Is it legal to do garage sales? Don't you have to have like a business license or a business permit or something like I, that? I don't think anyone cares. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone cares. But look, we... I'm just trying to get out of it. Go ahead. <laughs> You're just trying to get out of it? I'm just trying to get out of it because I know I'm getting dragged into it somehow. You are going to be eventually, but... You know, here's the thing. We right, are, for, the, for those of you, we have to have context here. Okay. For, for those of you that are trying to figure out why the hell I just came across this podcast, somebody told me to listen to it, and, and, they, <laughs> and they're not telling me anything that they're talking about. We're on our, um, we're, we're inside of a 30-day window where we're moving from Los Angeles to our new life in Florence, Italy. So we're going through the stages of unpacking, uh, well, not unpacking, uh, packing and selling. Well, off it's really everything. more like sorting and selling because what, you know, here's one thing. We moved from Atlanta to LA and that was packing boxes, taping, you know, making sure everything's bubble wrapped. And like that process is exhausting. This is opening a cabinet, saying, throw that out, give that away, sell that. Throw it, give it, sell it. Uh. Did you just make up a song? Just right now. Okay, you're like our Mm six-year-old who makes up random songs. They usually end in Throw it, give it, sell it. Uh. Throw it, give it, sell it. Uh. All right. Uh. (laughs) Uh. Uh, Are you going to rap battle James Corden? Fucking James Corden, man. How great is a rap battle? He did one with Helen Mirren the other day. That was incredible. Anyway, I digress. So we're selling, giving away, sorting, all, all the things, right? Basically everything we own because we are committed to going to Europe with just a couple of suitcases each. 
Uh, We each get two suitcases and we are going to have to ship things like our podcast equipment and stuff like that. But I'm really proud of the commitment we've made to do it this way. And we, you know, what started out as we were renting uh, a 20 foot container on a slow We were hiring the QE2 to, yeah. t- to take our... Uh, everything. To take everything from Los Angeles. Yeah. To, what uh, started out as that has ended up in, we're heading to the airport with two suitcases. Yeah, so I, I, may not actually ha- I may not actually have my underwear. We we have... Um, I've actually thought about just leaving <laughs> my clothes and rebuying everything, but I'm really excited about it because it feels like a fresh start. It feels like we're getting rid of I mean, do you know the the absolute cleansing feeling of throwing your ex-boyfriend's photos in the trash? Yeah, I did. Ripping it. them up. And- I just threw my ex-boyfriend's photos in the trash. It was uh it was uh it was a, I mean it's a time, it was a phase. It was, it was hard for you. It was college. I mean, everything is everything can happen there. Oh my god. So, it like going through this is actually cathartic. It's emotional. Sophia, our daughter, and I are very attached to a rocking chair that was in her nursery and we used for many years to put her to sleep and nursing and all of that. We're both very attached to that. She wants to sell it for $100. I don't even think we paid $100 for it to begin with. Um, all right, so, so there's some emotional stuff. But anyway, this this today's podcast is all about when is it enough? And I think it's... We were, I don't know where we just were, but I told Rob he needs to write a book. (laughs) And the book, you know, when he first started out uh, in life, you know, he was in a a queen's apartment with three, him and two brothers in one bedroom, and he wanted this big grand life. And then he got the big grand life, built this mansion on three acres. It was insanity, had all the cars, the butler, the staff, like bougie as hell. And now, you know, you're peeling off these layers of ego and and realizing that there is a line of having what you want and the lifestyle that you want and it being enough so you can stop grinding your ass off every six seconds and actually enjoy what you've built. And I think right now we live in such a society where it's like bigger, 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 better, better, better. I want bigger. I want better. I want bigger. I want better. I want more. And it's, you know, you got 1 million, you wanted 1 million. Now you have five and then you want to go to 10. Then you want to go to a hundred and the barometer keeps moving. But, and that's great if you're also living your life. But so many people are working from sun up to sun down for what? Like to pile away money so they feel good about it and then they croak? Like, why are we saving it up for the end? And this is the beginning of our life together and our journey and podcasting and everything was based around Jet Set Life where it was like, stop living for, you know, when you retire, stop living for someday I will and start doing things now. And that's us. We we do things now. We might not have as much income as someone that's grinding from sun up till sundown. We're not going to sell a company for 300 million, but we are going to live the shit out of our life and it's going to be amazing. Okay, I'm done. You know, it's an interesting concept, right? Because 
not that long ago, I've, I've shared this before in uh, on social media and as well as in this uh, arena here in the podcast worlds. But I was I was at a point where I was really struggling with trying to make millions and millions and millions. And this is recently. This is not like ten years ago. This is like this has been my whole life. But it came to a head probably six months ago. And I'll save you the long story. The punchline is that I've determined that for right now, and this may this number may change down the road, but for right now, the the number that I need or we need as a family to live the life that we want, and and, and this includes everything from you know a villa in Tuscany to saving you know uh, a five million dollar savings goal to paying taxes to spending a thousand dollars a week if we wanted to going out on food and entertainment. Stuff like that. So it's really a budget that has, you know, literally everything. We threw everything and the kitchen sink into it. The dream life budget. It's the dream life, right? So um, I looked at that number, and that number, I shit you not, was six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now, when you just heard annually, right? Annually, when you just heard me rattle that off, you must have thought, you know, ten million, twenty million. What? It's really not. It's not as much as you think. Because unless you're playing the game of wanting to be in a $20 million house, which we're not, wanting to have $250,000 cars, which we're not, wanting a yacht, which we're not, wanting a, a jet, which we're not, right? So all of those things that people, when they craft or... That they aspire to. A lot of men, I, you know, I don't know the women have this, but a lot of men do. They want a jet and they want the blah, blah, blah. So... You basically want to be James Bond. We want to be James Bond. So I am... <laughs> I would be James Bond with a walker right now um, because you'll be James Bond's best friend. <laughs> did, yeah, I'll, I'll, exactly. I'm, I'm going to be happy that James Bond bought all this shit so we can hang out. You know, I'll be 55 this year, right? So I'm sort of over that uh, Porsche, Ferrari, jet thing. I, I truly, I remember. I you know, I used to as a chiropractor, I used to work for a chiropractor in Atlanta. And I remember, God, I was probably in my early 30s. I just got this thought, and I remember saying his name was Dave, and I remember saying to Dave. Do you want a jet? Do you want a do you want a yacht? He goes, no, but I really want you to have one. <laughs> and I I never quite got what that meant, except now I just we're, I'm starting to do business with somebody right now that has his own jet. And uh, anyway, I was telling him that I've never I've never ridden private, and he's like, you I would I'd be happy to send it, and uh, we could t- go for a ride. And I it came back to me. I realized how much more excited I am that he has a jet and that I don't, okay? So anyway, the point is 650,000 is the number. So if I would look over at my whiteboard here, I put a big number on the whiteboard and it says 650,000. And then every time I made a, a nickel, I, you know, put a little minus next to it. So, you know, the first, the first entry here is 15,000, right? So I got a $15,000 check. So then I had 635 left, right? You get the idea. And I just kept going, going, going. So I got it down. You're now. less than half now. Well, I got it down now, but see, we yeah. had, we've got a bunch of money in yeah. since that point. So where I left, I was at 282 left for the year. And we probably brought in yeah. in the last couple of months, damn close to that. Well, maybe yeah, half maybe of it. Maybe half of it. And, maybe so, half. and we still have four months of the year left to go. Right. So, so here, so here's the point. The point is, and that, that doesn't include my income, which is interesting. So the 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 reality is that our goal of six fifty, we're probably going to hit this year, right? Well, so, we're definitely going to hit this year. So here's so here's here's the thing. So I look and go, okay, great. You know, I came up with this number six fifty. I'm hitting the goal. You would figure. That if that was the case, 
that I would be saying, high five, we did it, relax. Now let's learn about art. Let's learn about a culture. Let's take Italian lessons. But that's not what I was feeling inside my body. What I was feeling in my body was more. What else can I do? Okay, I did that. Now what's next? And it's very, very easy to allow this addiction to take over. And it's very, very easy to not identify where the goalpost is when you're hitting it. Now, listen, this does not mean that that 650 is not going to be 750 next year, or it's not going to be 3 million next year. It's, it's contextual based on what my desires are, but it's not going to be an arbitrary number that says, I just want millions. It's going to be a number. It's going to be a number that's based upon um, something that is specifically crafted. So can can we put a finer point on that real quick? Because you glossed over that, but that is the whole thing right there. Before you did this dream life budget and really budgeted out your dream life, your goal was arbitrary. So people throw up goals. I do this. I mean, people all the time come to me in my network marketing company. They want to build a side income and they come and they say, I want to build a six-figure income. I want to build a $300,000. I want... uh." And they don't know why. They want six figures because they want to be able to say... I make six figures a year. They want to earn a million dollars because they say, I want to earn a million dollars a year. But there is actually no factual numbers behind it because in their head, I think, they go, well, with a million dollars, I could do anything. But what if the number was 400,000 and you could live the life you wanted? Now let me take the foot off the gas for a minute and enjoy my life. And that's the other day, where were we, Rob, when we were having this conversation? Do you know? Mm-mm. Because you were sitting there and you were like, okay, mm. so um, pr- this new thing needs to bring in at least a hundred grand and that new idea needs to bring in this and this new idea needs to bring in that. And I said, is this all part of your 650 for next year? Or is this like more arbitrary numbers in addition to? And that's when we had this conversation about like, when is enough enough? And I want to bring you back real quick to uh, the work hard, play hard experience in Mykonos, right? So one of the days we chartered this boat with this incredible local chef, and it was like the most magical day. So after everybody's jumping in this pristine water and everyone is feeling great, sun on their face, and on our ride back, Rob posed the question that one of my friends at a seminar she went to. And the question was, if you closed your eyes right now and you died, like you're dead, what would you have regretted not doing? And 25 people sitting on that boat, not one of 25 said, you know what? Shit, I really wish I made an extra 5 million. Not one. And this is a boat that was packed with entrepreneurs who are obsessed with making 5 million. Right. But when... When, when, when push f- comes to shove. When put, through a, when put through a lens of, you know, you drawing your last breath and you, if you play the game properly and you go into that state and you truly answer... It's never a Ferrari, right? And we've all heard this, right? Nobody comes to the end of their life and says, I wish I went to the office more. But it was very, it was very telling to see all these entrepreneurs sitting out there. You know, you give them a couple of cocktails, they relax. You put, you give them Greek, the Greek islands and sun and food. And um, you, you put them around people that they're inspired by and feel comfortable with and relax. And, you know, you get some truth bombs. And what was interesting 
what was coming out of it was fascinating to me because some of these people I've coached and I didn't even know about some of these answers. Like one of the girls said, um, I want another baby. And, or I would be regretful if I took my last breath now and didn't have another child. Or at least try for it. But this was something that, that clearly she had put, you know, the, uh, the stop sign up, the virtual stop sign saying, I'm not having another kid. But when you asked her that question, you got that answer. So look, here's the point. But every, every single one of them had something to do with time or, or time spent with someone or it was something so deeply personal and there were so many tears shed on that boat. And again, it wasn't because they didn't make an extra five million. It wasn't because they didn't upsize their house. It wasn't because they didn't buy that car. It was because they're not taking time to travel with their loved ones. They're not taking time to do the things that they truly want to do in their heart. The things that, wait for it, they started working so hard for to begin with. And somewhere, some way, we went off track. And instead of saying, okay, I want to have a great job and a great income so I can spend time with my family, afford incredible experiences, incredible things. Like, yes, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, money's not everything. No, money money helps, okay? There is a, the number Rob has, 650, it's a lot of money, okay? It helps. We'll have a great house. We'll have experiences. We'll have a great school for Sophia. It's allowing us to live in Europe. Like, Money, there is a point that you need to have the less amount of stress and more freedom. Now, let me give you, just for context, when you're when you're listening to this and you're saying, well, how are you going to, with 650,000, tell me how you're buying a million dollar villa. So this is, this is designed, when you do this budget, you have to look and say, well, when do I want the villa by? And I was perfectly fine having the villa in five years. So there's a percentage of that 650, I don't That's remember savings. what the number is, yeah. that we're earmarking um, towards, let's call it, uh, let's call it 200,000. So 200,000 of that is going out in cash to be able to buy it. The point is that you can manipulate and move the, move the numbers uh, in any way that, uh, that you want. So I remember, I remember right where I was when we were in Greece and we, we didn't have an argument over it, but I sure? wasn't... We certainly could have, but I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't quite picking up what you were what you were putting down with why you're why you were getting frustrated with my desire to want to take on these new projects. And it took me a minute to sort of like realize, well, what is she getting so pissed off at? And then when she brought the six fifty up, it brought me back to I just forgot about it. To be honest with you, I went back to old bad behavior. And the old bad behavior was to just keep moving the line over and over and over again and not being able to fully figure out why I was doing what it was that I was doing. And then so when she brought it up and she said, well, is that part of the 650? I looked and went, oh, shit, that's right. We came up with a number and the number is 650. Well, where am I? And then I look and I'm like, I'm almost there. Well, what the fuck then? Why, why did I set this goal for myself to say, this is the amount, like somehow money, if you take the, all these areas of your life, and I love the way um, a guy, uh, Garrett White came up with this body being balance in business, right? It kind of, kind of covers all the major areas of your life. And when I look at that, I realize that money, the business part was far out shadowing 
any of the other areas of my life, like the weightiness that I gave to the business part was like a 10. And then the other areas, body and um, being, which is you know your spiritual side, uh, balance, which is your family side, was way lower. And so, so, I, so I'm looking at this and I'm going, hmm, I came up with this number and I have some addiction here to not trying to take those twos, scale of one to 10, those twos in my life and raise them to a 10, but rather double down and move the line on the business thing from 650 to 1.5. But that's not, that's an, like if my number was 1.5, great. Then go after 1.5 and continue to try and up-level those other areas of your life. But that's not what I was doing. What I was doing was I was making progress, almost hitting the goal and going, okay, now, now where do I move it? And somehow there becomes this thing I don't know if women have this, but there becomes this thing where instead of looking at the other areas of your life, like your family, like your marriage, like your body, like hobbies, like fun, instead of looking at those areas, we default, turn our head back to business and try and move that line once again. And But the power... We're like, it's like we're leaking as, as again, I can only say this as men. I don't know if women feel this way, but we're leaking power because we're not addressing those other areas in our life. And there's a dissatisfaction that happens that we try and cover up by just moving the business line. Does any of that make sense? It does, because I remember what you said to me. So when, when I was pushing back on you, because... The only reason I was pushing back is you were adding all of these new things to your plate. And I know the bandwidth that it takes. I know the time that it takes. And I also know what intention we set for moving to Europe with our our financial goals, but also just life goals. And you said to me, you said, listen, men need a hill to climb. And I said, that's great. But what if that hill for you to climb is the hill of life, is the hill of family, is the hill of creating lasting in like amazing quality relationships with people and friends and family that you love. Why does the hill to climb have to be this business financial hill? Why can't you climb the other hills? And so I challenged you to journal over the next 10 months, right? That you would not try to move that needle intentionally and that you would take these next 10 months to put the energy and effort into the climbing the hill of life and to see what that would do for you. Yes, and and just for clarity, it wasn't it wasn't a challenge to not work on the 650. The challenge was to recognize what enough is and work on spend spend time in the morning if you need to a couple of hours um, servicing that 650. But then turn your attention, if you're making progress and you're doing what you need to be doing, turn your attention to climbing the hill in the areas that you just described. And I got to tell you, it's fucking harder than you think it is. As, right. as, as I, I keep saying as a man, because I, 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 I feel like this is probably a struggle that's harder for men than women. I don't know. I think it, I think it depends on the person. Maybe. I think there's entrepreneurial women Maybe. that would find the same struggle. Maybe. But my, my thought for Rob was that what if he took the 10 months off? 
not off from work, but off from trying to really like come up with 9 million new business ideas and all of that. And he took the 10 months and he made the hill to climb the hill of life and art and family and friends and all that that I mentioned. And then you can write a book about that later. And I think you could help through the decades of your life. I feel like you have climbed so many hills just to fall down the other side. The hill was like a hill up with a cliff on the other side, you know? And I just feel like this could be incredible because, you know, we always want our kids to be well-rounded, right? We want them to love art and music and be kind and have um, math skills and reading skills and all the things we want our kids to have to make them well-rounded. But what happened to making adults well-rounded? Like, why are we not well-rounded? Why are, why are we allowed to just do business 12 hours a day? And I'll tell you, this is a cultural thing because Sophia now is playing Roblox. And in Roblox, you have to either have money, like to spend, or you have to earn money. And I said to her, okay, well, how do you... Because she keeps coming to me and she's saying, is dot .99 a lot? <laughs> you know, is, is 1.99 a lot? Can I have that? And I said, is there any other way for you to like play this game without just needing an endless ATM? And she said, yeah, I could do, um, I could grind. And that's the word she used. Mm. And I said, how are you going to earn that, you know, next pet or whatever it is that she's buying? Well, I have to grind a lot to get it. And I despise the fact that my six-year-old is using the word grind so she can get a pet. Mm-hmm. That bothers the shit out of me. Yeah, And that just shows you where this world is. When our kids are using the verbiage, I need to grind to earn that pet. I don't want her grinding anything. I want her being a kid and having fun. Now, are there moments that you have to grind? Absolutely. I'm about to launch a new product next week. I'm going to have to grind next week. But it, that shouldn't be your life 24-7. Right. Now, look, don't don't confuse this with... Um, it's easy to get this twisted. You're probably saying, yeah, but the people who were on your boat were grinding and hustling so that they can afford to sail out to the Greek, to fly out to the Greek islands to do an experience with you. And they wouldn't have been there if they didn't, if they didn't uh, make the money. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying to abandon the business. We're saying, figure out what the finish line is for you for this year. The actual number. And focus on that and eliminate the addiction of having to move it just because you accomplished it. Do you remember when, you know, look, a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show. So do you remember when, if you just made $100,000 a year, your life would be unbelievable, right? You just, right. If, I, if I ever make 100, wherever you are now, that number could be 5 million a year, it could be a million dollars a year, or it could be $200,000 a year. But I will tell you that if you are the person that's saying, if I just made a hundred, when you make a hundred, it will double and it will triple and it will quadruple. Arbitrarily. Arbitrarily. And you won't have a reason for it. Now, if you can back it up, and when I mean back it up, I mean where you can list out your dream life where this is not like I want 2 million in the bank exactly what do you want? I want 2 million in the bank because I want to retire at 65. And if I retire at 65, it's going to pay me this much money. And I want this much money because this is the lifestyle I want to lead. I need uh, $100,000 a year for entertainment. Why? What are you doing with the 100,000? Like literally craft every single thing. And I'll tell you, 
There's two numbers you'll have to do when you do this assignment. One is what your current expenses are, and they're way fucking more than you think they are. And two is what your dream life looks like, and it's way fucking less than you think it is. So it's a bit of a mind fuck here. Okay, that was three curses in three sentences. Now, go ahead. And this is also not to negate, you know, the desire of building something. So what we're talking about here is not, you know, we have friends that have built these insanely incredible companies that are going to be selling for hundreds of millions, but their joy is in that journey. They love it. They are making an impact. They are, yes, they are grinding, but they are all in. And our our words of caution to them are exactly why Rob built his experiences. Those are the people that need to schedule in blocks of play so they can come back refreshed and inspired. We're not talking to people that want to build this. We're talking to the people that just keep moving the barometer based on money. They are building, like our friend Darren and our friends Darren and Tony, they started with a chiropractic office. And then that chiropractic office started doing health fairs. And then that health fair company turned into a bigger health fair company. And then they started servicing more companies. And now it turned into a wellness company. And then from the wellness company, it ended up turning into a tech company. That's not what I'm talking about. And that was a journey that they took in a company, in a business evolving that they are passionate about and they love and they're a part of. I'm talking about setting the the dollar goal. Next year, I want 1 million. How can I make that 1 million? Next year, I want 2 million, 5 million, 8 million. Arbitrarily picking a number out of the sky without even knowing what your life actually costs. There were some things that that popped up for us in in at, at this stage of our life. And years ago, we had this brand uh, called Jet Set Life where we traveled around the world and we shot travel videos, right? If you Google, if you YouTube search Jet Set Life videos, you can find us looking like uh, Scooby kids. Very, very young. We're like <laughs> six years old. With my, like one pixel camera. So it looks like Vaseline is over the lens. Yeah. And you'll see me with really, really bad hair and you'll see Kim. She was, I think, 12 uh, at the time <laughs> that we did this. And it was it was a labor of love. I mean, we could not wait to take our, you know, our, our Betamax video camera over our shoulder and, you know, walk around and film. It was passion. We had no fucking idea what we were doing. There was no funnel. There was no nothing, right? It was, it was purely ignorance on fire. Okay, it was also 2005. It was 2005. So everyone's got a camera on their phone right now. That didn't exist. There was nothing. There like was that. no social media. No. There was no camera on a phone. No, the biggest the biggest challenge we had at that time was our camera that we bought had this new thing called HD, and there was this new company called YouTube that couldn't handle. Okay, HD. that was later too. And do you remember it used to take us like nine hours to upload a video to YouTube? It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. A, it was an all day process. It was an all day. And process. then they would crunch it down to where it looked like. You know the TV popcorn that you you know you guys don't remember this, but years ago when snow on the snow, TV. Okay, there you go, snow on the TV. But then we switched and we said, okay, well, we got to figure out how to make some fucking money here. So yeah, we, because we did that for twelve years. It was our passion. We loved it. And then we moved more into the entrepreneurial stuff. You know, selling eBooks, courses, things like that. And there, the the passion and the love. We liked what we were doing, but we didn't love it the way we did. So there became this sort of like line where you 
are, are doing something that you absolutely love and you're just allowing it to unfold the way, the way it needs to unfold to make money. So for example, we've, we've established that what we want is 650, right? That's the number we keep talking about. So if we love shooting video and we love sharing experiences, then do that. So I don't, I don't count that as work. I don't count that as something that I'm trying to do necessarily to make money. But I just did a, a call with my coach and he said, stop making it either or. It doesn't have to be, I'm doing this for no money or I'm doing this only for money. It could be both. And you don't, maybe right now you don't know what the money is, but you know you love it. So you're doing it and you allow it to unfold the way you want it to unfold. And that, that, that going down that line, I'm very, I've learned this through sort of coaching with him that I am very this or that. I'm very black and white. It's very difficult for me to go down the line. Here's the point the point is that if you are hustling and grinding, in an area that you are passionate about, that's different. That's not this, that's you climbing a new hill of life, of something that you want to take an idea, you have an expression, you want to share it out with the world, knock yourself out, do it. But if you're working harder just because you want to change that 650 to 750 arbitrarily because it's your way sort of of ignoring the other areas of your life, don't do that. So does that make sense? It does. It does make sense. And I think the other part of it is everyone needs time to pull back and get re-inspired and reinvigorated. So if you are aiming high for a reason that's not just chasing the almighty dollar, then make sure you take that time out. I think this is a really good discussion though. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'd love to hear feedback. Shoot me a message on social. Also, you know what, Robert? Mm. Your podcast is in the top 1% of podcasts. Would you look at that? It's Would, probably because you because you came on it. It's probably. But if you guys uh, can do us a favor and go over to iTunes, leave us a nice review. I love, I love reading. We have like two negative reviews. They're hysterical. One mm. is that this woman or man, I don't know who, was really excited because you had the CEO of their company on, but you couldn't say her name. So she let gave you a one-star review for that. <laughs> and then the other one was that people think we hate the US, which is also comical to me. Um, and we got a one-star review for I'm that. I'm going to tell you about that because I was so upset. We have, I don't know how many reviews we have. We have hundreds. But her name is, I'm going to fuck it up again, but her name was, <laughs> um, it's it's spelled Sion, but it's pronounced, I think, Sean, or it's spelled Sean and it's pronounced Sion. So I'm going to go right down the middle on that one. It's either Sion or Sean. Uh, I always get confused which one. And the last name is Bialik. So it wasn't John Smith, okay? It was like Shion Bialik. She happens to be the president of Barnard College. And I screenshotted it and I sent it to her because I, you know, I'm cool with her. And I sent it to so her. So she wasn't pissed about her, she you effing up her she name, but care. this person gave you a one-star no, review for but it. But she said something interesting. She, it's an all-female college. It's uh, associated with Columbia University in New York. It's an all-female college. And she said, our girls have very loud voices. <laughs> and I said, oh, it screamed right, right, right onto my page. I, uh, I heard it. Now, it. now her loud voice will live 
forever on my iTunes review. So you can thank her yeah. uh, publicly for me. So, but if you do like us, uh, go over and give us some great reviews. That would be awesome. And if you want to follow our journey to Italy, we are going to possibly, hint, hint, be doing a YouTube series on that. If you want information, text the word Italy to 310-388-9724. There's is, that, that, is that better for it's you? It's much better. I'm going to leave you uh, with this. There's a, a new uh, guru that I have in my life and his name happens to be Sadhguru. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's fucking awesome. I don't know where this guy came from, but he's he's doing the rounds now. He's with Matthew McConaughey and and uh, Ed Milet and uh, Tony Robbins. Like he's, he, uh, him, for me emerged out of nowhere. And uh, he's an Indian gentleman uh, who is, he's like a guru. And he said something really interesting that I wanted to share with you before we go. He said, people think that their physical arrangements are more important than their experiences of life. Mm. And I thought, wow. Your, people think their physical arrangements, their mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. their car, their clothes that that is more important than their experiences of life. What a quote. And he just, he just pulled that one out. He said, you know, you, he's, he's a laugher. He likes to laugh as he, as he talks. And he said, you know, you, you come into this world naked and with nothing. And you leave naked and with nothing. Stop this obsession. Stop this obsession. You're here to enjoy the experiences of life. You're not here to to improve continually your physical arrangements. Okay, but where was that quote yesterday when I wanted to buy a pair of really comfortable Skechers and you wouldn't let me because it said Skechers? I just feel like you're better than that. Is what? that wrong? Are you, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, you literally... Yeah. You see? Oh my you God. See, you see, uh, God's not done with me yet. I am still fucked up, but <laughs> I'm less fucked up. Have a great week, everybody. All right, thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.